Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Do you ever feel like you could use a little pick-me-up or something to help you focus when you're at work or in class and coffee isn't quite getting the job done? Well, there's something you might want to try that's kind of like magic. Magic Mind is a sugar-free, vegan, keto, and paleo-friendly productivity shot, and actually it really looks like a shot. Magic Mind is all natural. It has a number of ingredients, including matcha, which is nature's extended-release caffeine. The caffeine in matcha takes longer to release and helps reduce stress. I tried Magic Mind in my smoothie and felt like I had a little more energy and just felt a little perkier throughout the morning, which is important because we need to think clearly and have good energy while we produce sidebar for you. If you want to try Magic Mind, you can get a discount to do so. Log on to magicmind.com slash law and crime and use the code lawcrime20. Doing so will save you as much as 56% over 10 days. I look at the world today and me with all of my resource and intellect feels a distinct sense of unease. I can't sleep very well anymore. There are too many lies Too much I don't understand. We sit down with the attorneys representing some of the victims of social media influencer Andrew Tate. What actions they're taking to hold Tate legally responsible and what Tate's team has seemingly been doing to fight back. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law & Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. Now, for those of you who've been following us here on Sidebar, you know that we have been carefully covering the Andrew Tate legal situation. Tate, of course, is a former professional kickboxer, self-help guru, social media star, who, along with his brother Tristan and two women, were arrested back in December of last year out in Romania. And then in June of this year, they were charged with rape, human trafficking, and forming a criminal gang to exploit women. The prime allegation, according to the local Romanian investigative agency, is that the brothers operated a webcam business that created an, quote, organized crime group with the purpose of recruiting, housing, and exploiting women by forcing them to create pornographic content. There are reportedly seven alleged victims in that case, but the Tates are currently awaiting trial and they have denied all the allegations. But there are women in the UK who have accused Andrew Tate of sexual assault and abuse. And with that in mind, joining me right now are Matthew Jury and Jack Beeston, from McHugh Jury and Partners, the firm representing some of these alleged victims. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on. Um, first of all, Matthew, got to start with you. Matthew Jury, as a last name, it really sounds to me like you had no choice but to become a lawyer. Is that what was going on with your parents? Well, yeah, I think it's nominative determinism in action. Yeah, so yeah. It is my real name. Okay, it's, it's not a stage name or anything like that. Not a stage name. All right. So first of all, I'm, I'm very happy to have you both here. Um, Matthew, I want to start with you. For people who don't know, if you can briefly explain some of the allegations from your clients, and my understanding is, is you represent four alleged victims of Andrew Tate here, correct? Yeah, that's right. So we, we represent four English victims of 
alleged crimes by Andrew Tate here in England in this jurisdiction. Um, three of them, all, all of them allege serious physical and sexual assaults. Three of them allege rape. Um, through line between all of them, the, the, the modus operandi, um, the alleged modus operandi is, is, is all of them in their statements will testify to Tate allegedly uh, strangling them um, to the point that the blood vessels in their eyes burst um, and that they lose consciousness. Um, and in, in the cases of those uh, individuals who were who were alleged rape, um, he would do that, then carry on having sex with them. So, so that's what what uh, that, that that that's that, that's the common um, uh, common pleading across all four cases. Hey, are you looking for some more true crime content? Aren't we all? Well, if you haven't already, you gotta check out one of the best that there is, and that is the True Crime Garage podcast. True Crime Garage is going to be your next binge listen. How do I know that? Well, each week, the Garage guys cover a new case featuring missing persons cases, cold cases, solved stories, and serial killer profiles. You can search and listen to True Crime Garage on Apple, Spotify, all the best podcast listening apps. And of course, for more information, you can go to truecrimegarage.com. And and Jack, I want to go to you. Other than their accounts, what other evidence do they have to back this up? And, and I want to also also ask you: these are four independent accounts, right? It's not as if um, these four accusers came forward, had a conversation with each other about or sharing details. It's this is their independent assessments of what happened to them, and then you're seeing that the similarities between their accounts. Let's first start there. Am I right about that? Uh, yes, broadly, you are. Um, two of Two of the uh, claimants were um, knew each other and um, experienced what they experienced um, simultaneously. One, um, in fact, was an eyewitness to um, alleged crimes committed against the other. Um, so they their testimonies support each other and um, and were reported to the police. And then there are two separate um, individuals um, who. Are, whose stories and accounts are um, factually different, but their experiences um, sim- uh, are similar in, in some fairly significant ways, as as Matt explained. And and just to follow up, what other evidence besides you know the corroboration of a, of these witnesses or people who you know shared these similar experiences? What other corroboration um, do these uh, your clients have to prove what happened to them? Sure. I mean, I have to be a bit careful about um, sure. what I say because, um, particularly in in this case, and and as we've seen in America, they there is a quite real threat of um, harassment and intimidation of um, of witnesses and individuals who um, speak out um, against Tate. But we have um, over the past uh, nine months or so been uh, speaking to a variety of. Um, corroborating witnesses, uh, collecting their testimony. Um, and on top of that, we have um, various other pieces of um, evidence, uh, including, you know, uh, messages, voice notes, etc., which have come um, directly from Tate himself um, and uh, statements made by the uh, claimants uh, contemporaneously um, when they first went to the um, police. So. Uh, there's there's significant evidence. Um, it all supports um, exactly what our clients told us when we uh, first met and first spoke with them, um, and it paints 
um, pretty uh, traumatic um, picture of the um, alleged crimes that, that Andrew Tate um, committed. And just to follow up on that, I believe there's a, a text message or a WhatsApp message allegedly from Tate saying to one uh, alleged victim, I love raping you. You mentioned voice notes that were reportedly sent by Andrew Tate uh, to an alleged victim. My understanding is these um, voice notes were sent to the UK police. Um, here's a sampling of them. Am I a bad person? Because the, the more you didn't like it, the more I enjoyed it. I fucking loved how much you hated it. Turn me on. Are you seriously so offended I strangled you a little bit? You didn't f***ing pass out. Chill the f*** out. Jesus Christ, I thought you were cool. What's wrong with you? Matthew, again, I wanted to have you both here because what we are seeing a little bit online and I think uh, uh, people want to know is how can you authenticate that that is, in fact, Andrew Tate? It sounds like Andrew Tate. There are those who are saying perhaps it was spliced together. How do we know what the context is? When you listen to those voice notes, what do you want people to know? That how do they know that that is, in your, in, I guess, in your estimation, definitive proof of what happened here? So obviously, when when if and when this comes to trial, uh, we we could bring in a, a voice recognition, voice analyst expert to uh, take a sampling of Tate's voice. Obviously, there's there's numerous samples of that online, and and compare it to to the voice in the voice notes. I, I would say that that's completely unnecessary. However, um, the provenance of the voice notes is is easy to authenticate. It's already been through police hands and chain of evidence. It's evidently him. Um, you know, this talk about if there's talk about faking the voice, you know, this voice note was created ten years ago. Um, you know, this was at a time when that technology, if it existed, certainly wasn't available to the general public. Um, it's a nonsense to suggest it's some sort of fabrication. It, 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 almost as nonsensical as Tate saying that these victims don't exist at all and they're somehow agents of the Matrix. It's, it's just crazy stuff. Yeah, Jack. So again, what, what, what would be the context of this conversation? Why would Tate seemingly be saying these things uh, to these women? Um, I feel as though he, um, you know, without, without wishing to sort of act like a... Uh, psychologist he he seems to i i guess I, mean, I guess i guess my question is not to get into his mind what was the yeah. why was he saying this thing what was being said to him what was the conversation between him and your your client or several of these clients to to, to release these messages to, to send these messages to say these things on the voice notes i don't i'm not sure i understand what what the conversation was sure. about so um it was essentially a conversation in which um our client having um, extricated herself from the situation that she had been in with um, Tate, had essentially um, confronted him um, after he'd begun by messaging her out of the blue with some, you know, um, I can't remember the exact context, but um, essentially he messaged her unprompted. This is something um, that I think anyone with any personal experience of Tate um, seems to suggest that he does often if you're sort of in his phone book he will pop up with messages every now and then um just to you know seemingly almost mess with our client um and when she confronted um when she uh, confronted him about the messages um he essentially uh, intimated that the more she didn't 
um, enjoy it the more he did and um, that she was you know essentially complaining about um, about nothing and that he gained um, immense pleasure from it um, so uh, they're pretty they're pretty hard read and they're hard to listen to um, and again um, it seems to be part of a kind of wider um, way in which he operates um, or operated at that time, particularly with women. Now, Matthew, I want to get into what your firm is doing right now, because let's first start from the criminal aspect. My understanding is, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that the UK government, the UK police and prosecutors believe, believe that there wasn't enough there to actually prosecute Andrew Tate for these alleged crimes, that the idea was that while he was arrested, they dropped the case because they felt that they there were, maybe it was the idea that there had been consensual sex between T Tate and these uh, alleged victims or that there was doubt in the case. Let's first start there about why he wasn't ultimately prosecuted. Sure. So so to start with, just just to explain in, in the briefest possible way, so the way it works here in, in the UK is, is that the police will obviously carry out their investigation. And then they will uh, make their own decision as to whether to refer the case to the Crown Prosecution Service. Um, and the Crown Prosecution Service, the CPS, ultimately makes a decision uh, whether to prosecute or not, or to move forward with the prosecution. Um, to be very, very clear, we, we met with the police um, and, and had a long conversation with them. And, and one thing I can say is they were very clear to us and explicit to us that it was their view uh, that there was sufficient evidence to warrant a prosecution, but ultimately the CPS went in another direction and they could not give us an explanation as to why. Um, the CPS has yet to give us an explanation as to why, also despite us requesting one. Um, all I can say is, you know, from 20 years of experience litigating, um, certainly in the civil courts, but also being involved in, in criminal prosecutions, it, 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 it beggars belief that a decision was made not to prosecute based on the evidence that was available. I mean, I mean, I'm not really sure what more the CPS needs when they have an eyewitness to a rape, text messages from the suspect saying, I love raping you, uh, along with additional collaborative evidence. And even now, let's, let's put it this way, to a certain extent, our clients' claims are vindicated in, in as much as there are now similar complaints having been made in Romania of rape and other criminality. Now, of course, you know, that, that, that trial in Romania is yet to go ahead and there's a presumption of innocence, but these are claims from 10 years ago um, and claims also being made now. So what I would be saying to the CPS is, is I think it's time to revisit your decision. And are you, you petitioning them to reopen the criminal investigation? Yes, very much so. And what's the status of it, if you can tell us? Ongoing. Ongoing. I would say. Ongoing. Okay, yes. so now, Jack, in the civil arena, your firm hasn't filed a, a civil action, a lawsuit against Andrew Tate at this point. Am I correct? And, and if so, why? Um, I think it's, uh, it's obviously important that you um, prepare your case properly um, and uh, that you get all the evidence that you can and that you might need um, before filing. Um, that's just, you know, that's just good procedure. Um, what I can say is that we are, um, we will be filing the case um, very, very soon. Um, it, the process has already um, 
begun any claims that there's no that there's no ongoing civil uh, case against Tate in the UK while perhaps technically correct in that there isn't a claim number and the case hasn't um you know yet been looked at by the court is 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 factually and in reality completely incorrect because that work has begun and is 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 far along my understanding also jack is that there <clears throat> there might be a fundraiser that has been started can you talk to us about that yeah of course so um uh starting commencing legal proceedings um in the uk is is not cheap um you know you have to uh pay for court fees you have to um you know instruct the right experts and do a lot of preliminary work um with the aim of, of building as strong a case as you can if you if you hurry the process and you try to do it on the cheap you end up um with a case that can be liable to be um you know struck out or you get yourself tied in knots trying to amend your pleadings and all those sorts of things down the line so that's not how we litigate cases um and that's not really how it should be done and and you know our, our clients um are unable to pay for their fees themselves mm -hmm. um sort of feel that they shouldn't have to either given their experiences and the failings of the criminal justice system and so they have a um they have a uh crowdfunder on um a website called crowd justice um in which they are raising money to, to fund the um, initiation of the proceedings man that sunset is gorgeous grill patio sunset hard to get better than that unless you're browsing carvana's inventory while you soak it all in oh burger time so sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And by the way, Matthew, I also understand that there was a press conference that was held with also the lawyers that are representing Tate's alleged U.S. victims and and. Andrew Tate's legal and PR team crashed it. I think we have a clip of it. If we can show a little bit of it. Can you talk to us about what happened there? Yeah, I, I mean, I've never experienced anything like it. We, we, we alongside um, U.S. counsel, who are representing U.S. victims of Tate's alleged crimes, um, we hosted a press conference in, in Romania to ensure that the Romanian press and the Romanian people were properly informed about proceedings in, in the U.S. and the U.K., but also were properly informed and the public were properly informed about um, a campaign of harassment and intimidation of the victims by by Tate and his his team. Um, so in the US, 
legal proceedings, which, which I would say amount to an abusive process, have been brought against one of the victims for defamation. Um, th th this victim is a witness in the Romanian proceedings. Tate's already attempted to have uh, witnesses in the Romanian proceedings criminally prosecuted for uh, what he says are false claims to the Romanian authorities. That, that, that was thrown out by the Romanian courts last week. I think it was last week, but, but, but certainly recently. Um, and he's attempting the same, to do the same thing in the US, um, but also trying, trying to um, pressure those victims and clients, to, 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 to victims and, and witnesses to back off and back away. Um, it's a pretty blatant uh, abuse of process, in my opinion, and, and, and should never be countenanced. Um, so the press conference was about harassment and intimidation, and, and ironically, Tate's team decided to to use that opportunity to disrupt the press conference by posing as journalists um, and asking inappropriate questions. Um, which, at the same time, in in asking those questions, they were they were disclosing. Um, information and uh, and identifying information of victims and witnesses that shouldn't be disclosed. Um, so it, it's just further further demonstration of, of of the lengths that his his team will go to to try and prejudice proceedings and interfere with the course of justice. I would say. Let's follow up on that because we were forwarded a, a cease and desist letter that was sent to your firm. Uh, by yeah. uh, Tate's camp, Jack, Matthew, I don't know uh, which one of you want to tackle this because this cease and desist letter basically, and I read it, w was suggesting that you're engaging in defamation and uh, it almost seemed to be egging you on that if you had a case, let's fight it out in the civil arena, bring a lawsuit. You had mentioned, Jack, about uh, what the plan is for the, the civil lawsuit, but are you concerned uh, with this letter? Are you concerned with Andrew Tate? taking some sort of legal action against you or your clients based on this uh, letter. I'll allow either one of you to jump in on that. Yeah, I, look, the very easy answer is no, I'm not concerned at all. I mean, it's it's just part of the clown show. And uh, it's it's just ridiculous. We're doing a job. Our job is to advocate for for our clients who are victims and survivors of, of alleged serious sexual assaults, including rape. And, and our job is to get out there and advocate for them and to bring claims on their behalf. Um, and part of the principle of uh, one of the cornerstones of our democracy and is the principle of open justice. And this stuff gets reported on, and the Tates may not like that, but that's just a reality. And to try and sue us for doing our job is, is just ridiculous. So, no, I'm not concerned at all. Bring it on. That's fine. Whatever they want to do. If they want to waste their time bringing a defamation suit, uh, it just gives us another opportunity to present the evidence against them. Jack, one of the things um, I believe you allege about Tate um, and it was mentioned in this cease and desist letter was something called the real world portal, which uh, my understanding, he claims, Tate claims is a course to teach people how to build websites and their brands. But you say it's something more sinister. Can you explain that? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think the first thing to say is, I, you know, I don't want to take credit for the idea that it's. Um, that it's not what it seems. It's 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 taken a lot of research from people who are um, very well informed and who have done a lot of groundwork and collected a lot of evidence. I mean, essentially, as far as I'm, as far as I can make out, and it is the whole structure of the real world, like a lot of um, hate-related uh, content and products, is is slightly smoke and mirrors. It's not really evident what it does at the face of it. You sign up, you pay, I think, fifty dollars a month. Um, 
there's evidence that it is uh, advertised and directed at uh, you know young men and children um, so you know people as young as 11 12 13 years old um, and then essentially it seems to be that you just um, create and promote uh, Tate related content um, on TikTok and YouTube and other related channels and encourage people to join the real world at which point you get paid if they if you get a certain number of commissions um, so uh, that is described as a multi-level marketing scheme by um, by the Tates who are now seemingly sort of distancing their stuff from a product where, which has their face all over it um, and another way of describing it um, is you know potentially as a um, pyramid scheme so um, all we did really was amplify the concerns uh, that seemingly very valid concerns um, of uh, quite a large number of people um, and bring it to the attention of, um, you know, Apple, who have very strict uh, rules in place for what can and can't be on their app store. Um, it seems as though they've taken, the Tates have taken offense at, at us doing that. But actually, I think, you know, uh, they are yet to provide any um, explanation or counter um, arguments to it. Um, and I think any app which is reliant on children potentially paying $50 a month um, when it's not really clear at all what it, uh, what it does or what its aim is um, should be interrogated. I think that's completely fair. Now, talking about the, the, the money aspect here, Matthew, I want to end our conversation on this. So we've covered a lot of sexual assault cases. And, you know, one of the big questions is why do the victims come out years later? There are a number of reasons why that happens. But I want to give you the opportunity to end this conversation, Matthew, with explaining, because somebody might look at this and say, you know, it's once Andrew Tate and his brother become super, super famous on social media, they're flaunting their wealth. Now it's when the, the, um, the accusers come forward. I want you to end the conversation to explain why we are seeing this now. Is it something must have changed? And I read a little bit about it, and, and I, mean, I don't want to put words in your client's mouth, but it seems that they believe once he gained this power and notoriety, uh, they felt the need to come forward. But again, you could see the other side of it where people are questioning their credibility that they're coming out now when they see the power and wealth of Andrew Tate. Yeah, I, I mean, look, there, there, there's the very basic reason, which is if you are subject to, to serious sexual assault, uh, you know, the trauma of that can take years to reconcile with to the point where you feel that you can take some action. And, and to be fair to our clients, um, they took action immediately. They reported it to the police. They did everything that they were supposed to do um, and society expects them to do. Um, and the police failed them. The authorities failed them. And, and, and so they were left without any recourse to justice. And really the, question, the answer to the question, you know, why now, 10 years later, Let's remember that criminal investigation didn't didn't conclude until 2019. Um, thereafter, the victims have given up any hope for justice. When Tate rose to prominence in infamy, um, and and the victims see him uh, in the news and on their TV screens and on social media, um, and 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 rise to this level of prominence where he's one of the most Googled people in the world, and and, and is claiming to have, uh, you know, the adoration of of of, of, of the world's boys and young men, they 
not only is that re-traumatizing for them to see that, um, but also they feel incredible responsibility and even guilt in thinking if we had done more, if we had, if we'd been taking a different approach, would he have been brought to justice? And, and if so, would he have gone on to commit these further alleged crimes and, 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 and harm um, and create further victims and, and be able to spread this toxic message of misogyny that's poisoning you know, vulnerable young men and boys across, across the world? Um, they, 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 do, they feel a responsibility to come forward and do something so that there aren't more victims. Um, it's very difficult to speak for them on, on this subject because obviously it's a very personal and private thing. And if you haven't been a victim of sexual assault, if you haven't been a victim of rape, I'm, I'm not sure, it's very difficult to answer and, and everyone's answer is going to be different. But, but from speaking to them, I think, I think it comes down to that. It's a sense of responsibility that someone had to do something, someone had to act and they felt that that needed to be them. This isn't an easy thing for them. They don't want to be going through this. This is, it's re-traumatizing and it's, and it's horrific. But actually, as they move through the process, I think I think they're finding strength in it, and it and it's healing for them as well. It's cathartic because they feel they're doing something, you know, rather than being the victim and 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 reacting to to to, to events, they are now taking their own steps and they're taking action themselves. And I, and I think that alone is important. So I think I think that's the answer to why now. I hope I've done it justice anyway. Matthew Jury. Jack Beeston, thank you so much for taking the time to explain the situation a little bit more to us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, everybody, that's all we have for you here on Sidebar. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. We very much appreciate it. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time.